Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. What I have in my heart, um, we did this just a few years ago, and there was such a hunger and such a sweet anointing on it to pray for our family members, our spouses. Um, you know, they need our prayers. We know how to pray. It's very important. We take the time and we do it. So I want to share with you guys some of my favorite scriptures that I always read before I pray. So turn to Jeremiah 29, 11. You know, it's so important to pray the word, his words. You wouldn't If you decide, hey, like this week I decided, and I'm not a baker, but I decided I'm going to make keto cheesecake, whatever that is. I heard it was low carb, so I'm like, okay, this sounds good. I won't feel so fluffy after I eat it. I'm going to try it. And it had three ingredients, but I had to follow those ingredients. If I just decided that I'm going to put into it whatever I feel like at the moment, whatever just looks good in the pantry, you know, it's not going to turn out, it's not going to produce what it said on paper, the keto cheesecake that's supposed to taste good. It actually turned out pretty good, but I followed the recipe. Well, God's given us his recipe with his words, how to pray. It's so important. We have to follow his words and we get to. It's exciting. I love it. I love the word. I love to see what it produces. Amen? So Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. He's listening to you when you pray. So I pulled up um, Matthew's commentary and the same scripture. It says, he says, we often do not know our own minds, but the Lord is never at an uncertainty. We are sometimes ready to fear that God's designs are all against us. But as to his own people, even that which seems evil is for good. He will give them not the expectations of their fears or the expectations of their fancies, but the expectations of their faith, the end he has promised, which will be the best for them. When the Lord pours out in a special spirit of prayer, it is a good sign that he's coming towards us in mercy. Promises are given to quicken and encourage prayer. He never said, seek me in vain. When you pray, you're not praying in vain. When you pray his words, amen? Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Everything we do, we do by faith. Everything, everything. And I always say, get it. Stay on it. Always be stretching your faith. Because you're either going to get it on this side or you're going to get it on the other. Like the training's not going to (laughs) stop. So get it now. Amen? For it is impossible to please him without faith. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. 
And I love the message version. The message version doesn't always hit the mark, but I love how it's worded. It's impossible to please God apart from faith, and why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him, those who pray to him. He cares enough to respond. Amen? He loves us. He's excited when we come to him. He's excited. He is pleased when we come to him in faith and we're mirroring back the words that he told us. Amen? So 1 Peter 3.12. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. His ears are open to us. Before you pray, remind yourself of that. His ears are open to me. Second Chronicles 7.15. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayer made in this place. Daniel 9, 3, and 4. Daniel knew how to pray. Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make request by prayer and supplications. He set himself to pray. He took the time. He knew. He knew God, but he knew he still had to pray. And I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession and said, O Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant and mercy. See, he's mirroring back what he had learned from the word who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him, with those who keep his commandments. He set himself to pray. In Daniel 10, 12, this is, this is part of what happened. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, from the first day that you set your heart to understand, to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. Your words are heard. You will get answers to prayer. When you set yourself and humbly, our pastor's been talking about renewing the mind and humbling yourself to receive the word, all of the word, not just the parts that that maybe you favor and you just love, all of it. Humble yourself. And that is part of what Daniel did. He humbled himself before God. His words were heard. Matthew 14, 23. So Daniel prayed. Daniel got results. He's in the Bible. I would say he was very, very successful. And Jesus prayed. And I actually went and looked. I'm like, how many times does it actually talk about Jesus praying? And I went and looked it up. There's several. And I love it. I love it. He was such an example, and he prayed. If Jesus had to pray, we have to pray. Matthew 14, 23. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. He set time aside as busy as he was. And trust me, he was busy. He had a lot on his plate. He set time aside, went and prayed. He got alone with God. Mark 1.35. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, 
I guess he was an early bird. I can't relate to that. Sorry. Having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Luke 5.15. However, the report went around concerning him all the more. They're all talking about him. And great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Matthew 26, 53. Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my father and he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? He's saying, I know, I know how to pray. Don't mess with me. (laughs) We can say the same thing. So, some of the greatest prayers are the Ephesians prayers. When it comes to praying for your loved ones, they may know God, they may be born again, but these are the prayers for them. Maybe they're not serving the Lord, they just, they, you know, they're not going to church. Get these prayers, write them down, pray these prayers over your loved ones, over your spouse. Even if your spouse is here every week serving, pray it over your spouse. They still need it. You need it. You need to pray it for yourself. So when I first got in fellowship with the Lord, it was like 1993 or four, and I started looking for a church immediately, and I couldn't find one. I lived in Pittsburgh. And all I had, I was so excited about the Lord. And I, I had gotten hold of a few Brother Hagen books, completely changed my life. The first one was Believer's Authority. I was so excited to find out I didn't have to live my life being steamrolled. I was like, I can have authority? Like, I can change things in my life with God? Like, it blew my mind. So I'm, I'm, I decided, because I had visited my sister here, that I was going to move here and go to church with her. Because I knew. I'm like, oh, they know this stuff. I'm going to go there. Plus, it's Florida. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting out of the north. So, like, I would be driving to school every day. And, and all I had was on the radio, because we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have technology. I had the Christian Jew Hour. Hey, I got blessed by it. I don't even know if it exists anymore, but I would turn it. It was always on when I was on my way home from school. I had like a 40-minute drive from the city. And I had some leftover tapes my sister had left of Sandy Patty. And it's funny because I hated Sandy Patty when I was a teenager because she would come home. Her, Her custom was to put that tape in of Sandy Patty get in the shower and just sing and praise at the top of her lungs drove me crazy. I'm like, I will never listen to Sandy Patty. Well, guess what? I was listening to it every day, singing at the top of my lungs in my car. I didn't have anything else, but I was hungry. I was excited about God and I was just gonna enter in any way I could until I got here. But one of the biggest things when I read Brother Hagin's book was he talked about reading the Ephesians prayers over himself. And I didn't understand them. And you know what? 
there was grace. It didn't matter. I started praying them over myself. And I noticed, I started to begin to see things differently. I started to grow. And I did what I could do until I got myself in church. But I was just in awe of these prayers. So I'm going to read through them just so we can refresh ourselves on them a little bit. So Ephesians 1, I believe it's 15 through 21. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Paul was making mention of the saints that he was over in his prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. You know, our loved ones need that spirit of wisdom and revelation. We all do. We can all increase in that. The spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. The eyes of our understanding, their eyes need to be opened. They're making decisions based on clouded eyes. They're not seeing things. They don't see what's before them. They don't see where they're headed. They don't see it. They need to see it. Praying these prayers will help them, help their eyes to be open. So they're making choices with clarity. Most people who see exactly what's in front of them, they see that it's choosing God or it's choosing death, choosing hell. Most people are going to choose God. But a lot of people, they're not seeing it right. They're just deceived. These prayers will help. And also take authority. Take authority over the blindness that the devil has on them. Take authority of it. You have that right as their family member. Amen? The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Everybody has a calling. I don't care who you are. God has something for you. And don't ever discount it. Don't ever. We need every part in the body. Every part. Every single part. Have you ever listened to just a beautiful orchestra? Or I, I love movie art or TV show soundtracks, especially classical. You can pick out a lot of different instruments. You know, one instrument might be so beautiful by itself, but when it's, it's paired with all the other instruments, it's so much more beautiful. It all flows together. It all works together. It's full. It's so good. Everybody has such a big part to play, and it's big. I don't care how small it might look, it might seem, whether you're serving in the nursery, it all fits together to make something beautiful. God knew what he was doing when he created the church age. Amen. So what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe his exceeding greatness of his power can be towards your loved ones. Amen. You know, he could have put, and what is the power toward us who believe? He didn't put that. It's no accident. Exceeding greatness. 
He's using some really big words, amen? Because God's big. He's so much bigger than we could ever, we could ever even imagine. And he wants to have that exceeding greatness of power towards us and towards our loved ones. And when we pray today, we're going to make that available. Amen? So it's according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above, not just a little bit above, far above. That means like untouchable, far above all principality and power, might and dominion. I mean, he's naming everything and every name that is named and not even just in this age, but the one that is to come. I mean, he's covered it all. Amen. So right smack in the middle of these Ephesians prayers, I usually skip to Ephesians 3.14 as far as what I pray for my family and myself, my husband. And, but right smack in the middle, I love this. Paul knew. He was listening to the Lord. He knew. God knew. He said, put this in there. Remind them who they were. He helps us keep our attitude right about who we're praying for. He says, and you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. That was us. The spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. He's reminding us, he's like, hey, you know, before you think you've arrived, you were in the same boat. We get to have, we, we get to connect, make that connection. Hey, that was us. Thank God somebody prayed for us. We're not in that boat anymore. Praise God. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves, It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Again, he's reminding us we were in that same boat. For we are his workmanship. Your family member is his workmanship. They're born again. God has begun a work in them. You might not see it. You don't see that seed in the ground before it does anything. But it's there. It's still there. We get to water it. We get to cause it to grow. Amen? So then, Ephesians three fourteen, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. They need strength. We need strength. That Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. Christ wants to dwell, to live, 
to inhabit our hearts through faith. He wants to move in. He wants to put his feet up. He wants to be comfortable. Amen? So we pray that he would strengthen us and that he would, that spirit of faith, that Christ would dwell in our hearts through faith and that you being rooted and grounded in love. And that's big too. We need to pray that they be rooted and grounded in love. Because how many of you know, when your butt hurt over something, you don't usually receive too well. <laughs> and when you're a young Christian, you, you tend to get more hurt over things than when you're more mature. And so it's important we pray. We pray that they're able to walk in love. And we, are, we should be the examples and the leaders in this arena, walking in love with them, being patient with them. Amen? All right, where am I at? Be rooted and grounded in love. May be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, length, depth, and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Turn to Hebrews 13, 20. So also pray this for your loved ones and for yourself. Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus, to whom the glory forever and ever. Amen. We want to be made complete. We want to see him working in us to do his will. And we want that for them because we know what it's done for us. We know what blessing it's brought into our lives. We want to see that for them. Amen. So turn to James five 16. I'm almost done with all my scriptures. Love, love, love this one. James 5, 16, the fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. That means great power is made available. We pray we can make great power made available. Why do we have to pray this way? Because people still have free will. It doesn't say fervent prayer will cause them to serve the Lord immediately. No, we're making power available. It's going to be there. It's going to be there. Their eyes are going to be opened. They're going to see it and they're going to grab it. That's what happened to me. All of a sudden, it was like my eyes were opened. The truth just smacked me in the face. And it was a little scary because I looked at how I'd been living and I was just ashamed. But then it was so exciting to know, oh my goodness, I have such a future with the Lord. Same thing can happen for them. At that power, my sister and others have been praying for me. It was there. It was following me around. It was there for me for the taking that day. You can do that for them. Oh, praise God. So earlier, so James says fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Earlier, 
It's no accident James talks about the precious fruit of the earth. And then he gives us this great key about making power available. Because he, he was concerned about precious fruit of the earth. And we are too. We don't want our loved ones missing out. We don't want them left behind. Amen? So we get to change. We get to change the course of people's lives. That is a great, um, it's a great honor. It's a great responsibility with what we know. We need to use what we know. We need to do this, spend time, take time, set aside to pray for our loved ones, pray for our spouses. Amen. So, Pastor Nancy said last night, the right words bypass the natural process. You know, your loved one may be on the natural course of this world, just going on autopilot, kind of like she said. We will pray God's words and say God's words. We get to bypass that. Amen? So Wigglesworth, I have an awesome example of a wife who prayed for her husband and who was an amazing example. Wigglesworth, before he was this epic man of faith, was a real jerk. And he was, he was very mean to his wife, and he was a drunk, and I'm pretty sure he couldn't read, and I mean, that'd make you grumpy alone, you know. Well, nobody wants to feel, you know, you feel stupid if you can't, and you're not stupid, you just unlearned, but, you know, it all just adds to it. So she, she laid down her life for him. She prayed for him. He would lock her out of the house when he'd be on his drinking binge. She would go to church, and he'd be mad, and she'd come home, and he would lock her out, and she would just sit on the porch, stay there all night, sleep on the porch, and then he would open up the door in the morning because he was going to go to work. I think he was a plumber. I'm not sure. Some kind of trade. He was ready to go to work. He wanted his breakfast, so he let her in. What did she do? Did she curse him out? No. She made his breakfast. She said, good morning, honey. And she went and she made his breakfast. I believe she knew that great power when she was praying for him that was going to change him. I love, love, love hearing it. I, I think, could I have done that? Oh. <laughs> oh, Lord, thank God for this lady because, oh, I don't think I could have done it. My goodness. But I believe she knew. I believe she knew that great power that was being made made available. She was learning in her church what to do. You know, we don't hear much about what she did, but what she did was great. And I guarantee you we're going to hear more about it when we're in heaven, too. So some things before we get to praying. Um, Praying for family that's not saved, there are some things that you can absolutely do. You know, ask the Lord for utterance. Ask him for the words to pray when you're praying for them. Ask for the power of God to be in demonstration. God will do things to get their attention. Ask God to send someone else. It could be a loved one in another state. 
He will do it. I used to pray for my dad. I used to pray God would send someone, and my mom would be like, oh, you went golfing today, and they just happened to invite this minister, and he, your dad just loved him. He talked to him and said all these things, and I'm like, yes, I know it's working. So ask God also to get their attention through whatever means. He can do that. Take authority over the blindness that's in their lives. Use your authority. And ask, just ask God for an opportunity to speak into their lives. He will grant you that. He will set you up. Amen? So some things, too, to be ready for when we pray for our loved ones. You know, sometimes praying for families can be, or spouses, can be very emotional. But seriously, there should be a boldness and a joy associated with it. You know, we have the secret. We have, we get to look forward to, to hearing these things and seeing the change in them. So remember, yes, it might, you might, you're, you're very connected and tied to your loved ones, but don't, don't let your emotions pull you down because what we're doing is going to cause change. It will. God will move in their lives. When you pray his words, they will produce. So also, these prayers, when you pray for them, they might produce fresh revelation for you to do something different in your home. Be prepared for that. You know, maybe the Lord's telling you, you need to be quiet. You need to not say some things to your loved one. Amen? Be prepared for that. Be ready to hear that. That can be huge. God's moving on him big time, and then you want to step in. You kind of want to help him out, help the Holy Ghost out. Usually, you end up messing it up. Let the Holy Ghost move. Let God do what he's going to do. He will move. You may not see it. It's just like that seed. It's there, and you're going to water it, and you're going to water it through your prayers, and, you know, like I said, ask for utterance. There are things that you can say, and it may not even be you preaching to them, but you say something, and it was just what they were thinking about. It's the power of God in demonstration. It's just what they were thinking about, and they're like, oh, she knows. She knows God, God is moving in my life. It'll open their eyes. Amen? So prayer helps put us in position. It helps put them in position to receive Position to say the right words, to shut up when we need to shut up, to water those that need watering. Amen. So everybody stand to your feet. We're going to spend a little bit of time praying. Let's just raise our hands to God and thank him. Thank him for his word. Thank him for his words. We get the honor of praying. We get the honor of speaking those words. Lord, we give you the glory and honor. We love you. We thank you for the power that's in your word. We thank you, Lord, that we get to pray. We get to pray for our loved ones. So pray for the one. Pray for the person that you have on your heart the most. Pray in English. Pray what you know Pray the prayers that we talked about, and then pray in the Spirit. We do pray in the Spirit here. God has filled us with the Holy Spirit. 
So when we run out of things from our natural mind, the Holy Spirit will work through us and we can pray in the Spirit for our loved ones. Amen. Lord, we lift them up to you. We ask that you strengthen them with might. We ask, Lord, that you open their eyes, open their eyes so that they would know what is the hope of their calling. There be no mistaking, no mistaking what you have for them. No mistaking the times that we're in, the urgency. We love you, Lord. We thank you that you love them. You love that family member. We thank you, Lord that you hear us when we pray, and we pray your words, great power is made available towards that loved one. We thank you for that. We give you all the glory and honor for all that you're doing. We thank you for them, Lord. We, We yield ourselves to you, to whatever you want us to do differently, whatever you want us to say or not say. We want to do it your way. Your way is the way that produces results. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Let's just pray in the spirit. Lord, we give you the glory. Lord, we give you glory and honor because we know that you hear us. We know that you're moving. We know what you're going to do. We look forward to what you're going to do. How? How you're going to do it is not our job. We know that you're going to move in their life. We will know. We can stand before you and we will know you moved mightily. You moved mightily on our behalf. You moved mightily in their lives. You sent people. You spoke to them. You spoke to them in the night while they were sleeping. You got their attention. You did it. You did it. We thank you for that. We are so grateful. We're so grateful for the Holy Spirit. We don't know every detail to pray for them, but the Holy Spirit helps us, always helps us, helps us to know when to pray, what to pray. We are so, so, so grateful that you sent the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We will not neglect praying in the Spirit. We will not neglect it praying for our family. We will not neglect it praying for our loved ones. We thank you for that gift. You're so, so good, Lord. We love you. We love you. We thank you, Lord. We give you glory. We look forward with excitement to what you're going to do in them. Forward with excitement. Because you are great and mighty. You are awesome. You are moving. We don't go by what our eyes see. We don't go by what we feel. We go by what your word says. And when we pray your words, it does produce. It does cause change. It does cause power. And we look forward to that. We look forward with excitement to what you're doing, to what you're going to do. We've seen that great power in our own lives. We've seen what it did for us when we were in that place. We were in that place where we didn't know you. And we just fulfilled whatever passion we wanted. That great power was for us. You moved mightily in our lives. We know what it did. We know what it did for us. Oh, we look so forward to what it's doing in them, what it's going to do. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Glory, glory, glory to you, Lord. Glory, 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 Lord. We give you glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. You're so worthy. Now listen, something the Lord spoke to me earlier this week, that's important. It's important for married ladies with your spouse. Be honest with your spouse at all times. There is no room for deceiving your spouse, manipulation in a marriage. And this might sound harsh, but I've seen it. It's, it's, it's not okay. We don't need to do that. We have the power of God to change them. We don't need to do it through ourselves or through any kind of manipulation. Manipulation is never God. Never God. We have the power of God. Now, why should they trust your Jesus when they can't trust you? It's important. It's very, very important. Even when you screw up and don't look so holy, if you have a spouse that's not interested in church or coming, you know, coming to God and coming to church, you screw up, own it, own it. Don't try to hide it. Be pure before your spouse. Amen. It's very, very, very important. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.